0: Indiana County, My brother's gone. Can you be a little more specific, sir? my brother. Who took him? I don't know Take a me what happened.
1: And I looked out and there was this big red blinking UFO. I just say
2: this. Something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs. They're not coyotes. What could it be, right?
0: I had an encounter with a skunk ape and it completely altered the course of my life. I found this skull. I you guys are going to want to come build this. Put them out. Put them out. Put them out.
2: Put them out. Put him out. Put him out. I just, I just
0: see it. I just see I just it. See
2: I just it. see it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream and when I went into the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. That they were able to obtain hairs. They sent the
0: hairs to their lab, and it came back as an unknown creature.
1: With and
0: Welcome, everybody, to the most bizarre show on the internet. Unfortunately, my friends, uh, Ghost has taken a hi- hiatus from the show. And he will be, uh, I guess, spending more time on his own solo show and some family stuff. But uh, that being said, I did find a new co-host. And it's an absolute honor to have this guy on the show. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, where we're going to go in the future and what the show is going to become with him. So without further ado, please, everybody, welcome the new co-host of Bizarre Encounters and Bite Size Bizarries, Oren Felix.
2: Hey, Shane. uh, Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for having me be the co-host. I'm looking forward to what we can do with the show. Looking forward to adding my spin on all this. Uh, So, you know, I kind of started out my research more in a flesh and blood, nuts and bolts, extraterrestrial mindset. And then, you know, the further I got in my research, which I'll share later, uh, but kind of realized that you don't have to dig very far below the surface of the paranormal before you see a whole lot of crazy things going on and a whole lot of connections. So uh, that's kind of where I come from with all this. And, uh, you know, just started going to conventions, trying to meet people. And next thing you know, I uh, met Shane and here we are. So looking forward to being on the show, looking forward to being a co-host and excited to talk to people, hear their stories, share my stories, and uh, see what I can bring to the show. So Shane, thanks again for having me.
0: Of course, man. And I'm honestly, like I've said, I'm really looking forward to it. We had a solo episode on my show where we got super deep into conversation. So I think you'll bring a well-needed aspect into what we're doing here because I got the cryptid side of things. You got the UFO side of things. We both converge in the middle and I think it's going to be great, man. And I'm really looking forward to what the show might become.
2: You know, I'm super interested in like all the connections between the different aspects of the paranormal and aliens and cryptids and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, I think we're we got a good plan moving in a good direction. So.
0: And uh, in about two weeks or so, um, we will be doing an episode. So just so everybody knows about uh, some of uh, Orin's experiences. And one of them includes a Men in Black experience. So just a little yes. heads up to look out for that. And uh, if you guys want some more background, there will be a specific episode all about Orin. So keep your eyes peeled for that
2: one. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've got a men in black experience, kind of had a recovered memory about that. And that's kind of what really kickstarted my research hardcore a few years ago. Um, my partner, Jenny, she's had a lot of paranormal experiences, shadow people, uh, poltergeist, whatnot. She'll probably be popping on the show from time to time. Um, but yeah, so we kind of started researching things more seriously. Um, I've started, You know, the Instagram page, I call it the uh, the Framework UFO Research Center. I decided to call it the Framework because I think in the paranormal, people need to ask questions. They need to build their own framework and thoughts and ideas and not just accept what we've always been told. So that's kind of why I call it that. Um, You can find my personal page on Instagram at the Framework UFO. So please reach out. Uh, Always happy to hear people's stories and connect with people. So there you go
0: and that link will be included in the show notes going forward too so if anybody wants to go and check out his solo personal stuff um go go and check out the show description you'll find all that fun stuff and uh just some more updated news for everybody too um i also mentioned that he's going to now be my co-host on bite Size Bizarries. so for anybody that's familiar with that show um i've been doing it more like uh, storytelling and it was like a solo show i was kind of doing it doing by myself and uh you know, it turned out good, but I felt like it needed a little bit more spice. So going forward, it's going to be more of like a like a campfire tales thing that uh, Orn and I will be sharing bite-sized bizzarties, frankly, um, more of like storytelling back and forth to each other. And uh, partly included in that is this idea that I had that we're going to be picking random cities throughout. I mean, it'll probably start off as the United States, but it'll probably spread out to international. And uh, we're going to talk about three local legends, be it paranormal, cryptids, whatever, And uh, that'll be another episode style, too. So just some more awesome stuff to look forward to. That show's also getting a little bit of spice. And it's not going to be just included as part of my solo show. It's going to be part of this show. So it's going to be a little side spin-off for anybody that, uh, you know, just wants a little bit more content from us. And it's going to be done in a totally different style. And uh, going forward, I think you guys are going to enjoy it more than you did when it was just me doing it solo. So keep your eyes peeled for bite-sized bizarities also. And uh, with that... Let's get into uh, all the housekeeping before we get into our awesome guest that we have today. Um, If anybody would like to review or share the show, it's always appreciated. Um, You can go on iTunes and leave us a five star. You can even leave a review on there and we'd be more than happy to read it on the show as long as you guys are saying something nice, of course. Um, if you guys want to just plain and simple, uh, you can go on Spotify, give us five stars. You ain't got to type nothing. Um, helps us boost up, makes it so that more people see our show helps uh, helps our show to grow. And, uh, you can also share it with friends in the means of, you know, you know, anybody that's into these types of topics into anything that's bizarre and strange. All you gotta do is drop the name, you know, they might look it up and it's always appreciated. So, and, uh, if you guys want to connect with us. We were already kind of talking about how to connect with uh, Orrin through fa- through Instagram, but uh, we also do have a Telegram set up for the show. Uh, we have a Discord set up for the show. And of course, we're across social media. So you can go and check out the uh, Bite Size, not Bite Size Bazardies, the um, Bizarre Encounters Instagram page. That's where I'm the most active. Um, there also is a Facebook page that more so just gets pushed off from the Instagram. So if you guys are trying to contact us, the best way to do it is through the Bite Size, why do I keep saying Bite Size Bazardies? Through the uh, Bizarre Encounters instagram page or through the telegram of course that's a pretty uh, pretty good way to get a hold of us um if you want to get some more extra content get early access um get access to listening to the shows live as we record um you can come and check out the patreon um that's all part of open minds media which um you know we might kind of work it a little bit more in the future and make it so that there might be a specific uh bizarre encounters patreon but as of right now at least um, everything's still under Open Minds Media Patreon. So there, you'll find early access to my solo show, um, early access to Bite Size Bizarries, early access to Bizarre Encounters, um, and like I said, the live feeds to all the shows. If you guys want to pop in as the audience and come check it out, you know, throw your opinions over in the chat. It's always appreciated. Um, if you want to donate or if you want to promote the show in a different way or support the show in a different way um you can always donate on anchor which is always appreciated that's our uh, rss host all you got to do is go all the way down to the bottom of the page and you'll see something that says uh support on anchor you can click there donate whatever you want to donate always appreciate it um you can also go and get yourself some awesome bizarre encounters merch which i should be updating now it would be the previous weekend so by the time this episode comes out it should be updated where now it will say uh Bizarre Encounters with Shane and uh, Oren, and it'll be the same thing for Bite Size Bizarre I have the logo shirt on there, too, and I'm going to update that so it has his name on it. Um, So, yeah, definitely go and check that stuff out. Always appreciate it. We'd love to see you guys wearing some of our designs, and if you do wear them, please, please, please take a picture of them, and we would love to post them on the page. Um, You know, to show everybody that's out there, give them their love and support for the show. Again, that's the only way it's going to grow. So anything that you guys do, we would be more than happy to post on the page, and we love you guys for uh, for supporting our show, of course. And... uh, we also have a team-up with uh, Crypto Theology, So it's not, um, you know, like a sponsor or anything like that. We, we mutually just are friends with each other, so we like to promote each other's work. So go and check out Theology. Uh, they got a b- bunch of awesome cryptid designs. Uh, there's some UFO designs, too, of course. And uh, they're all, like, parody designs. They're pretty sweet. Um, there's ones that, you know, are band parodies. There's ones that are movie parodies. There's comic book parodies. And then there's even the series shirts, which are, uh, I guess... Specific locations, you know, like um, like Mongolian Death Worm, for example. And it would say like Mongolia on the bottom or just specific locations with specific cryptids. But he's always got some awesome new stuff being added onto there. Recently, I saw he's been doing a lot of like the Hodag stuff. So he recently added this Men in Black Hodag shirt. Pretty damn sweet if anybody wants to go and check it out. Um, we also do, of course, have our collab with uh, CryptoTeology, which um I will hopefully be trying to update soon where it will have uh, Orin on it. Um, so that, you know, it's not an out of date shirt and you guys are interested in buying it, of course, and wearing it because otherwise, you know, it's a little bit out of date, unfortunately, as much as we love ghosts around here, of course, um, no, no hard feelings or anything. It's just, you know, he wanted to focus on his, his own show. So that's totally fine. You know, he's doing him, but everything that I've mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, quick and easy. If you want to come and check out literally anything that I mentioned, including Oren's information, which I will be adding to the link tree, uh, it's L I N K tr period ee slash bizarre encounters and that's spelled b-i-z-a-r-r-e of course because you know there's multiple ways of spelling it but we spell it in the way of bizarre like something that's a weird phenomenon that sparks interest so go and check it out and uh with that please welcome mike from the paranormal road trippers to the show how's it going today man doing very well how you doing shane Oren glad to be here absolute pleasure doing to have good, you back man. on the show man so, uh, I guess for anybody that uh, doesn't know who you are and isn't familiar with your work, I want you to give them kind of a rough idea about who you are and what you do. Well, my name
1: is Mike. I'm from the Paranormal Road Trippers, and we're located in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So, that would be 10 minutes away from Washington. And I've been paranormal investigating since about 1997-98, and we cover British Columbia, Washington, Oregon, California, going to all of the spooky crevices in between.
0: So uh, coming from somebody that lives in America and not Canada, um, why don't you kind of give like a rough idea about what what got you started as far as like uh, paranormal stuff is in Canada to lead into kind of what you do today?
1: Well, what got me started in paranormal was um, experiences I had as a child. The first experience I had, I was probably... The age varies with my memory. I usually say about seven to eight years old. I was at home, home alone, sick, the days when we were allowed to be home alone, sick from school. And um, I saw this man walk up the stairs, and he was in, like, pioneer garb, like Old West-style garb. And he just walked up the stairs and walked down the hallway. Being a child of that age, that didn't sit well with me, so I kind of panicked. Called my neighbor, who was a cop at the time for the, the RCMP. He, unfortunately, was at work. So his wife came over. Picture a little old lady with, with like, the classic old blue hair lady. She comes in my house, like, SWAT team with a warrant. Has her little can of pepper spray. And she <coughs> clears my house. No doors were open. No windows were open. Everything was locked. So that was the first time I saw a ghost. And um, that got my memory going, or sorry, piqued my interest. And um, from there, at school, I, I would sign out all of the ghost hunting books, all of the spooky Canada stories, and that intrigued me more. And then throughout life, I had more and more experiences, which leads us to 2023, where I've had a shit ton of experiences. You can <laughs> say that word, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're full okay. freedom of speech cool. over here. So however you talk is totally acceptable. <laughs> Perfect.
1: And and our, my area is newer compared to like the East Coast, like you guys, of settlers and all that stuff. So we don't have the cool old buildings like Central or East Coast would of Canada and the U.S. But we do have a lot of gold rush towns, silver rush towns, a lot of fur trading paths and places like that where they're empty, they're vacant, they're literal ghost towns. And I love investigating those and learning about the history.
0: What are some of the uh, most famous, I guess, ghost towns uh, across Canada?
1: Ooh, I I can speak for BC. Um, Barkerville—that is probably the most famous gold rush ghost town on the west coast of Canada and the United States. It, um, during the late late eighteen hundreds, they struck gold, and everyone from California, Oregon, New York, Washington, Australia, England all funneled to this little town in the caribou mountains of British Columbia. And overnight it had thousands upon thousands of people mining for gold. And they had two gold rushes there and built a town. It burnt down due to issues in one of the saloons. Then within a week they rebuilt it. So not only it was the old town there, they built on top of the old town. So there's, 1800s history on top of 1800s history, which is today, now it's a protected
0: area. So going into some of the paranormal locations across Canada, which ones have you actually had the privilege of actually getting to explore yourself?
1: For me, I've I've only really explored British Columbia and a bit of Winnipeg. Um, Throughout British Columbia, there's the town of Barkerville, which we just talked about was the 1800s gold rush town. Um I've investigated there probably every year the past 8 9 years. Um we always get really cool evidence, the coolest evidence I've so one of the pieces of evidence that I find cool that we've um pulled out of there was an EVP of pigs oinking. We uh I was walking by the old butcher shop from the cuz if you go to Tombstone or Deadwood, you know how that they how they have it preserved. To look how it used to look like in the old days. Mm-hmm. That's what Barkerville is like. They preserved it. It's a provincial heritage site and it's got all the old original buildings. But I was walking by the old butcher shop area. And lo and behold, when I played my audio recorder back that night, I heard actual pigs. And it was, it's weird. It was spooky.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely spooky. It's not. Typically, a sound that you hear when you're doing uh, EVPS, at least from my experience and what I've heard about it. So, uh, like, what's kind of uh, the no, backstory I, of that location? Is there like anything that has to do specifically with like a butcher or anything?
1: Well, it was an old uh mining town, an old gold town, and yeah, they had they had butchers to feed the the campers, the laborers, the miners, the the saloon girls, the saloons. It was it was a hub. It was it was a
0: little city in the mountains. So, from like your experience. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, from uh, from your experience, does it seem like it's uh more of like a residual haunting type of location rather than like a like a conscious haunted location?
1: That's a funny question you ask that because we were literally just talking about that the other day because we're going to be going back to Barkerville probably this summer, and we've had a lot of intelligent responses to our questions. We've had a lot of um responses to different objects we've brought up there. And do I think there's residual haunting? Yes. But do I think that there's um, active hauntings? Absolutely. And an example I have for that for you would be at the Tong building in the the Chinese part of Barkerville. So the Qigong Tong are equivalent to uh, it's the Chinese version of the Freemasons way back in the day. And they used to, bring workers in to work in the mines. And in turn, they, uh, they were given a place to live, a place to, to have families, and like coming to Canada from China. And uh, when we went to go investigate the Tong building, one of our investigators at the time, he, um, innocent questions, he goes, are any of you people here? Now, fast forward to 2023, that probably sounds a little cultural inappropriate. Just as in the you people part. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, he said that he felt like um, he walked through cobwebs, the temperature dipped, and then his back started to burn. And I've never seen a, a stocky guy run so fast in my life I was out of a building. And this is in March. So March up in that area, it's still minus 18, minus 20 at night. And he rips off his jacket, his hoodie, his sweater, his t-shirt, because you're layered. There's no heat up there. And he sees three large scratches on his back.
0: Was that where he felt and the burn at?
1: That's where he felt the burn, where he got scratched. It was right after he said, her but it's also disrespectful to saying, are any of you people here? Instead of, hi, my name is so-and-so, is there anyone
0: here that would like to have a conversation?
1: So it was probably in the delivery of how he he said it.
0: I was going to say it almost sounds like uh like when you hear about things like that, it almost sounds more like a like a darker force possibly when they have the, the intention and the want to actually like physically hurt somebody versus just like scare them out of the location.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was just start. Yeah, I think it was because he was abrupt the way he said it, and and he learned his lesson to be more, more. Respectful.
0: (laughs) Have you guys, uh, went back to that specific building and, uh, tried to have more communication with them and further, uh, investigations?
1: I have been back to that building probably four or five times and we've had nothing to that extent. We've pulled a few EVPs, uh, but nothing, no touch, no, 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 growls, no, nothing to write home about in that building.
0: Uh, was there any other, uh, bizarre encounters that happened at this location?
1: In the Tong building, no. Um, one cool thing that we did was uh, so the hurdy-gurdy girls were German dancers. They just danced, nothing, nothing, nothing extra. Um, you'd hire them to dance and drink with you. That's what they did in the old days. And um, my girlfriend, coincidentally, is from Germany and she speaks it. So we're like, Sandra you're putting on one of these old 1800s dresses, you're speaking German, and you're going to act like a hurdy gurdy girl. <laughs> so we like to do trigger trigger investigations, right? So she's sitting in the old hotel on one of the beds or was on a chair, and um, she's doing a whole EVP session in German. With the whole, I have no clue what she's saying, Need captions. And um, she said she felt somebody touch and tug her leg. So that happened in one of the hotels there. So this place is extremely active.
0: When uh, and, um, when you say like touched and pulled, was it more of like a, like a harsh type of thing, or was it just kind of like a gentle like like touch and subtle? Pull? It was subtle, subtle
1: but it, she felt it because it moved
0: her leg. But it wouldn't feel angry or anything, and, right? It was more so like no, a, trying to communicate.
1: Could have been someone, you know, and sometimes when someone sits beside you and touches your leg or mm. whatever, could have been something like that. Who knows? <laughs> But um, there's, there's a theater there, too, where people see a shadow figure. Um, it was used as a morgue at one point because the ground doesn't thaw in that area till summertime. And, um, yeah, it's a very active place. I love it. I, I tell a lot of my American friends when they come up to BC, is go to this town. You'll, you won't be disappointed. Not only is the scenery beautiful, but the history and the paranormal activity is out of this world. And then down down the way... Um, is the town called Quinnell. and, uh, it has a haunted doll and she's been on the Montel Williams show with psychic Sylvia Brown. They flew her out there back in the old days. She's been on the news. There's been a ton of articles written on her and her name is Mandy. I think I sent you the video.
0: Yeah, I think um, you did.
1: And, um, again, it's, uh, They say that it's a German death doll or has some sort of German tie. I'm like, Sandra, you're up again, do your thing (laughs) with the language. Right. And, um, she starts her session in German. And, um, she also does these sessions with, cause on our Instagram and our TikTok, we have a lot of people from Europe that follow us too. So she interacts with a lot of the, the German people on there. And, um, right when she starts, she sees something flick her hair, like in our video footage. And it's bizarre because she didn't feel it. She only saw it when we left. And then when when I'm driving, she's looking at her phone, and then she freaks out like we're going to hit something. I'm like, what's wrong? And then she shows myself and our our other friend that was with us, her phone, and her hair clearly flicks. Bizarre.
0: You know, it it had me thinking. You were talking about how it seemed like she was scared like you are about to hit something. It makes me wonder, have you ever uh, had any experiences where you've brought anything back from any of the locations? Hold
1: my beer. <laughs> I <have. laughs> um, unfortunately, I have. Uh, I don't know why. I can give you a work story about having an attachment. Um, I was at a f- file. I was at a house. It was a sudden death. and I, I was the attending, one of the attending officers there, and we had to go inside. And we had to remove the animals. And, uh, um, I see the man, the deceased man in bed, he's just dead in his bed. And, um, that night I had an investigation. I wasn't, I, I didn't put two and two together cause I'm in work mode. Right. But then when you leave work, you gotta go like this, right? All the things you see, you just leave it at work and go amongst your day. And then I, I get to this investigation and the psychic medium we had with us that night, he's like, dude who's the man with you? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm here. Drove alone. He's like, no. Then he described this guy in every fricking detail.
0: That always makes it so much creepier when you deal with somebody who's psychic, but they're like the psychic where it's just, they're not vague. They're like on point. It's just one of the weirdest experiences for anybody that hasn't had one of those.
2: (laughs)
1: And
0: I'm like, dude, he needs to go home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, um, He does uh, whatever he does to get rid of attachments and left. But that scared the shit out of me so much because I didn't feel right being in there when I was at the house. And I didn't feel 100% after that when normally I see that stuff more often than not. And normally you just go from file to file to file, right? But that one stuck with me. So it's probably his energy that kind of kept me down, I guess, because he was probably... I assume he was pissed off because I was, who's these guys in my house? You know, that's kind of what, what I figured was happening. So.
2: Uh, so Mike, if I can jump in and ask a question really quickly. Um, I'm not super familiar with the whole ghost hunting thing or anything like that, but have y'all ever done anything with like spirit boxes or uh, ghost boxes, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I have an SB seven spirit box. We do use it. Um, what makes mine unique is I removed the antenna and I cut the wires of the AM FM, uh, signal. So all you hear is static. I don't want to hear Taylor Swift come through, Celine Dion, (laughs) Jay-Z. I don't want any of those people coming through when I'm doing a session. Um, So that
2: brings up, um, kind of a interesting question. Um, my partner, she's kind of getting more into the, you know, ghost hunting side of things and she's got a spirit box. And she's been messing around with like you know sweeping in reverse and sweeping forward and the different rates and whatnot. And it doesn't seem like she's had real good results. So you think uh, you know just using the static works better than sweeping through the range, like it's set up to do.
1: Which one does she have?
2: I don't know the model off the what top of my like? head. It's um, it's a little you know uh, probably. Four inch by three inch square. Um, Ah. It's got like a orange screen. It's like the first one that pops up on Amazon. It's like $89. Yeah.
1: Is that it? That's the one I use. Okay. Um, Go into AM and do a quick sweep or medium quick in reverse. That's kind of how I do it because AM has less chance of having Jay Z pop through than FM would
0: unless he's dead already then at that point then yeah they can come through but <laughs> as long as it's not yeah, one of their songs
2: yeah that's really cool uh, um, that's some good information because yeah like, like and, i said we've been kind of trial and error just playing around with it and haven't really had much of anything come through and you know i know that's dependent on location and things like that Henry, but, um, i'm sorry go ahead Hit me up
1: on Instagram, too. If, if you need any further help, just hit me up on Instagram, and I can walk you guys through it. Absolutely. It
2: yeah, thank you so much.
1: Um, we do the Estes method with, with the spirit box a lot, where an investigator will have a head, headphones on, noise-canceling headphones with a, with a static, with a blindfold.
2: So we and actually have uh, been messing around with the yeah. Estes method a little bit as well. Um, you know, we watch... Hellier the documentary and that's kind of where we learned about it and uh, she was really game to try it So we've kind of done that as far as like me asking questions and whatnot and um, still not anything crazy has happened um, actually My sister came up uh, over the holidays and stayed with us and we were telling her about it and she wanted to try it and, You know, she sat down not knowing anything about it And she actually got better results than either of us have so I don't know if uh, she was faking it or She's got some kind of gift or what? But it was pretty interesting, and it's been fun—at least, you know—messing around and getting our feet wet with it.
1: Well, some people are are good um, beacons for for paranormal activity. Like when I use the spirit box, I'm I'm usually pretty silent, all of the boxes. But when like my girlfriend uses it, or our other investigator Anthony uses it, man, the, because they're both kind of in tune a little better than I am, mm-hmm. and they just get response after response
2: well um we might get into it a little later um in the episode but um so my sister lives in the uh, property where we grew up and our parents both passed away within the past couple of years and there's been you know a lot of negativity a lot of negative energy in that area so i almost wonder you know she's a a single young woman living in a liminal state and has all this going on so i almost wonder if you know that had something to do with her getting better results than we did.
0: Makes her more of an antenna. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So I guess you can't go wrong as long as you're not using a phone app. That's the only way that you don't want to go.
1: <laughs> oh, you found my one trigger, man. Don't, <laughs> don't use a phone app. <laughs> um, I won't go into the hate of that stuff. If that's what you want to do, that's what you It's You do you. I'm, I'm, I'm totally not one of those. I know everything, guys. I'll never be like that. Um, but a phone app can't. Detect what it's detecting, like. Well, I'm not going into it.
0: (laughs) There's also programming influence too that people got to take into consideration. That you know, it may just be programmed to drop certain words at certain times, so it's not really connecting with the supernatural world. It's more so just connecting with whatever word the algorithm feels like randomly thrown at you.
1: (laughs) And it's not pulling off. It's not giving off real EMF. It's not giving off anything like that. It's just it's. It's kind of like WWE. W e sports entertainment versus like real wrestling. This, this is the phone app's more of like the WW the sports entertainment aspect. <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of the. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, Mike, I was just going to ask you a follow up question. So, again, I'm by no means an expert on uh, any of these spirit boxes or anything like that. So, what actually is like the idea behind this is it that these entities are speaking through the static or, like, or what's the, the methodology, I guess, because we were kind of wondering, you know, are you supposed to hear like words coming through the radio stations? But it sounds like from what you were saying about modifying your box, it's more about like hearing things through the static and the electromagnetic interference and whatnot. Is that kind of kind of on the right track?
1: That's what it is. Yeah, no that that's what it is. It, it, it's they say that spirits can um, manipulate the the frequencies and 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 that and and say a word, um, so they say. And I, I've had a lot of good experience with it. And you'll know, like if you're asking, what this is just an example. What's your favorite color? And say your favorite color is red, and it says red. You're like, well, Taylor Swift doesn't say red. Um, <laughs> you 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 could use that as you could be like yes i got i got a response with that but again with spirit boxes you want to you want to take a grain of salt too cuz there is that radio interference but i feel when you'll know when you get the response you're looking for based on what you're
2: asking very cool thank you for sharing so uh just kind of a weird way
0: of looking at it a Ouija board versus a spirit box. Is it almost kind of like the analog and like the digital version almost? Because it's kind of seems like it's connecting the same way. It's just a matter of like one was pre-electricity and one's like post-electricity. But also that being said, uh, you hear about a lot of these like horror stories about people using Ouija boards and then attracting things that they don't intend to because it's like opening a doorway. Uh, could the same possibility be open using EVP?
1: There's no caller ID with talking to spirits. So if you're using a, spear, so a spirit box, a uh, Ouija board, uh, an EMF detector, they're all the same. You're all making contact. Um, I think a spirit box is spooky because of Hollywood. Sorry, not a spirit box, a Ouija board. Um, I'm staring at mine. My, I have an antique one, a 1953 Ouija board that's said to be, because I collect haunted items as well. And this one was pawned off to me saying, get this out of my house. And... I don't know. And I also have a REM pod beside it. So I guess dual, dual action right there, right? <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't see a difference. And you nailed it on the head, analog versus digital, because I use that as well. I Like I say that, and like I said, there is no caller ID. When you're talking to Spirit, you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there.
0: So do you think that it's a... Uh just again, from it might be partly Hollywood, kind of like you were saying. But do you think that there's more of like a possibility of a spirit trying to connect itself to you off of like a Ouija board versus using like EVP? Because you always hear about like things following people after using a Ouija board, but I haven't personally heard too many about like after using EVP.
1: I've been followed from using a Spirit Box. I've been followed from using nothing. I've been followed from using a Zoom audio recorder. <laughs> Um, I've never been followed from using a uh, Ouija board. Um, Oh, oh, I see a question.
2: (laughs) No, so I was just going to ask, kind of piggybacking off of that, so do you think it's more like just putting yourself out there and the intention and, like, the actual device or the methodology isn't as important as kind of the intent you're putting out there and, uh, like, making these entities aware that, Hey, we want to communicate and just opening yourself up to that contact.
1: I I do. I I think it is opening yourself up to the contact. Um, I'm respectful. Our team's respectful. It's a big rule. Um, I won't, I won't investigate with anyone. That's all yelling, come at me, bro. Show me you're here. (laughs) I want to know the biggest demon in all of the land toe to toe right now. I'm like, "I, I, I, I don't have, I don't like that stuff because it's not respectful and you're not conducting research.
2: Uh, But no, I was um, just kind of piggybacking off of that again. Um, You know, that seems like kind of the, you know, the moral of the story I've heard in a lot of these things is, you know, you can open yourself up to this stuff, but you really have no idea what you're communicating with and yeah you might get your spirit box or your ouija board out and try to talk to your you know dead aunt sally or some civil war general but you know it might be a demon for all intents and purposes that you're talking to you really have no idea what's going to come through that door once you crack it open
0: or even what it might hide itself as too
2: exactly that's exactly
1: yeah they they, to, to gain your trust um But again, like respect, always try and know who you're talking to. Like like my team, for example, if we came to investigate Shane's house, before we come to Shane's house, we're going to ask Shane probably 40 questions. We're going to write them all down. We're going to have Shane log for about two weeks before we come activity every day that is happening in his house and when. Then we're going to look into the property of Shane's house. Then we're going to look into the previous owner of Shane's house. Then we're going to look into the deaths of Shane's house if there were any, or around. And then we're, we'll come with a full tool belt of all this information we have, and then that's how we're going to try and conduct our research. And I'd rather talk to, to Aunt Edna, because we know that that's the spirit that could be there, versus ghoul number two, who <laughs> is said to maybe be there, right? And again, it all comes down to the, to the, um, the respect and the intent of what you're doing.
0: I was going to say that's one thing that I kind of appreciate about the way that you investigate, though, is the fact that you go in and you learn the history. Because a lot of people, you know, you, like you were saying, you just they just go in and they start asking questions. They don't know who they're talking to. They have no idea even where to start at. And if you're trying to do a true paranormal investigation, um, you have to know the background. Because even like you were talking about with uh, the Chinese. People And like the German people and things like that, you have to know the background in order to know how to address them properly. And specifically with the German ones with having to talk to them in German. Otherwise you may not have gotten any response back whatsoever. If you, again, didn't know the background of it.
1: No. And, and and it's like when I went to Mexico the other week, um, obviously everyone was living there uh, or alive. And, um, I'm just playing the part of a ghost for a moment. I hear other people speaking in Spanish How am I going to respond to that, right? And that that just ties into the the Chinese and the German speaking. I love being able to have access to different languages to accommodate the spirits of the ghosts that are said to be of Chinese descent, German descent, Dutch descent, whatever. If we can speak to you in your language, then that's what we'll do.
2: So, uh, Mike, kind of branching off a little bit, um, what are your thoughts on the concept of, you know, I've heard it said in the paranormal community that places aren't so much haunted as much as people are and these entities use people kind of as a gateway rather than you know this old house or this hospital or whatnot's not necessarily haunted it could be a window area it could be a place where the veil's thinner but uh you know just something i've come across a few times here recently is this concept that things might not be quote-unquote haunted in the way we traditionally think about it and it could be more like you're saying, the vessels that are, you know, living in these places, because, you know, again, I have no experience in this at all, but it just seems to me that, you know, as old as the earth is, as many people as there's been, somebody's died everywhere. So I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were on the concept of places being haunted and these entities being attached to a physical location or structure.
1: Um, I think places can be haunted. I think that's what a residual haunting is a lot of the time. Um, my uncle lives on the east coast of Canada. He's a retired naval officer. And as his retirement gig, he did long-haul truck driving. So he'd go up and down the east coast of Canada and the United States. And I guess one of the stops he went to was in Pennsylvania. Yes, Pennsylvania. And um, he stopped at a rest stop, I guess, was an old Civil War, ba- Civil War battle area. And he, this was the middle of the night, mind you, and he saw a full um, Southern soldier, Confederate soldier, in all of the uniform walk right through the washroom. Oh, wow. But that soldier wasn't aware. So it would be like watching a show. So that would be like a residual haunting.
2: So this uh, this entity was tied to that location, you know, prior to the washroom, whatever was constructed. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're thinking. Okay. Very yeah. cool.
1: So that, that would be a residual haunting where that plays over and over again. That could have been where he died.
2: And it kind of seems like to me, you know, talking about a civil war battleground or whatnot, these places where a lot of negative energy is poured into, it seems, you know, just in my head that it would be easier for these type of things to cross over in these places. And I wonder if that's, you know, kind of where some of this lore comes from.
1: It could be, because, like, a residual haunting is also, like, well, like a Civil War battlefield. That's a lot of trauma, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness. Everyone's scared shitless. And when you die at that heightened stage, I would assume that your energy is imprinted in that area. And that's what could... And you, you, none of them wanted to die. They're doing what they're told, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Any war in, in, in the world, that, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> and um, no one's going to wake up and go to war and be like, I'm going to die today. Everyone's thinking I'm going to be home to my wife and kids in a couple days, right? And when they can't, their energy is gone. It's imprinted. where they, The trauma happened.
0: I one, think. one weird theory that I've been thinking about lately, and the best way I can relate this is uh, 1408, if you guys are familiar with the movie, um, more so just uh, it kind of made me start weird, like thinking about this theory that what if um, rather than, let's say, like a, like a person being imprinted into a location, what if there is some type of like consciousness that's attached to a specific location, but it's not like a, like a physical consciousness, it's like a... It's hard, kind of hard to explain. It's just like a consciousness that exists within that area. And that like may an have
2: energy almost Shane. Like,
0: yeah, like an, like an, like magnetism a, or something like that. like a conscious energy. Yeah. And rather than when you see these re- residual locations, rather than it actually being like, uh, you know, that person's spirit or anything like that, it's more so that that consciousness, that energy in that location is replaying things that have happened there and in order to do whatever it's trying to do, be it scare somebody away from that location, like whatever, but there's not actually like a physical tie of that person being there. It's more so that the consciousness of the location is almost like playing like rewind, record you know, fast forward on like a VCR or something. And it's just replaying like a totally unconscious, you know, projection of something that has happened there in the past. And the energy thing that's controlling it is the conscious being. And it's not actually like the physical apparitions that people are seeing in that location.
1: Yeah. That's an, that's an interesting theory. Kind of plays on
0: the residual haunting,
1: but also something more to it as well.
0: Because then it, like when you see the like slight variations too, where, you know, we hear about a residual haunting and it's not always like, they they don't act like they are aware of anybody that's there or anybody around them, but you know it won't be like it like the same replay every time. You know, it's not like uh, everybody sees like the same soldier walked down the same hallway. It's like different locations with that same thing but it still acts like it's unconscious that's kind of where it makes me wonder if it's rather than it being like this is the location that they walked through right before they died it's more so that the consciousness of that location like almost like recorded everything in a sense so they can replay anything that's happened at that location at any given time that you know something has been at that location
1: that's in that is a total cool interesting concept
0: Got to branch out and throw in some paranormal theories.
1: <laughs> that that could be a, a research project, right? Like trying to cl- collaborate that with the paranormal and other types of hauntings as well. Could talk, it be different? Who knows?
0: Talk about synchronicity too. I kind of had this like concept kind of going in my head already. And then I ironically watched that movie again recently and it like re-sparked it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should dig into this.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, 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 that would be something to look into for sure.
2: Uh, But no, I've just uh, popped in my head while you were uh, just talking about that. So a kind of an idea I've been toying with is, you know, a lot of people who aren't super involved in the paranormal, you know, if something weird happens at their house, they see a shadowy figure or something like that. Oh, Indian burial grounds that, you know, kind of seems like that's, you know, the, the easy go-to for people. And, you know, it seems like not just, hauntings and ghosts and paranormal-type situations, but also, you know, all kinds of high strangeness, UFO sightings, even cryptid sightings, tend to happen in these areas that have, you know, sacred locations or temples or things of that nature. I'm wondering if, um, you know, it's kind of like a chicken-and-the-egg situation, but I think it's an important question to ask I wonder if these, you know, burial grounds or temples or whatnot, the locations were chosen because weird things happened there before, and not, you know, vice versa. Weird things are happening because it's an Indian burial ground. And like I said, it's very chicken and egg. But I just think it's kind of fun to think about. Like maybe these ancient cultures and these people knew more than we give them credit for, and that's why these things are there.
1: Yeah. No. That that that's. That's definitely worth a thought. But I think with with like burial grounds, temples, or any place like those, I think all the energy that's left there, all the praying, all the crying, all the the celebration of life, all that sort of stuff, all that Mm -hmm. energy is saturated into the ground. And I think all the protection stuff that's around, be it a cross, be it sage, be it whatever your denomination of religion of the type of burial ground it is, I think all of that will represent the energy and the activity uptick as well.
2: Very cool. Thank you for sharing.
0: So uh, bouncing back in, I would uh, definitely like to go back into uh, some of your experiences doing some research as far as like, Canada goes, because you know a lot of these shows, uh, we don't get a lot of uh, Canadian paranormal history, so I would definitely like to hop back into some, of the, some more of the locations that you've uh, experienced and investigated.
1: Sure. Um, Let's go to Sandin, British Columbia. No one's ever been up there. I've been up there, but you guys haven't been up there. Um, It's a silver rush town in the Kootenai Mountains. Like, this is grizzly grizzly bear territory. Grizzly bear and elk. You don't want to go too far without being armed with something. And um, the town burnt down twice, was flooded and swept away another time. And then finally they rebuilt it a fourth time in 19, the early 1900s, but basically when you go by the riverbank, you see every layer of the towns because they just built on top of each other. Not only do we like to paranormal investigate, but we also like to metal detect and treasure hunt. And the amount of stuff we pulled out of the, um, the river bank was amazing like old bottles from the 1800s and shoes. Anyhow, back to the paranormal. They have the city hall still standing there. It was built in 1900. And it's said that the judge um, haunts this place and he can overlook the old brothel area, which is still there. There are two buildings. Mm -hmm. And he can look where the old hotels and inns and all that were too, where all the miners would stay when they're in there. And um, we investigated this city hall And it was kind of messy because they are renovating it all, and not much was happening. And one of the tells is you can see the judge in this building, and or you can hear saloon music outside. So I'm hoping one one thing happens, right? And um, I'm coming downstairs, minding my own business. I think I was in my own world. Everyone else was outside, and I was just looking at my audio recorder, then all of a sudden I looked up and I see this guy in a judge garb. So if you look, Canadian judges are like British judges, they wear the thingy. Well they used to wear the thingy out, like the, the wig.
0: Powdered wigs. A long,
1: yep. With a long black cloak, I guess, whatever. And um I saw it. I saw him and I saw and I saw the cloak move like he went up the stairs. And being alone, I'm like, oh shit. And then what I did was I went outside and be like, dude, you guys got to come back inside. I saw so-and-so. And And then that was the second time I've seen a full body apparition at, at, at this place. And we went back in and we hit it for another two hours longer, even trying EVPs, trying all of our gear. Unfortunately, we didn't see him again, but that was really interesting. And then, we never heard the saloon music, but our friend heard the saloon music. That is something I would love to experience. I've never heard ghostly music, but that is something that I keep trying to. We keep going to places where there's tales of music or, or chatter and things like that. But one story I can tell you about where I saw my first full-body apparition on an investigation was at a place called the SS Sycamus, which was a decommissioned paddlewheel boat. And during World War One, it would bring Canadian soldiers to and from Penticton, which is another town in the Canadian mountains. And um, picture Titanic-era type dress of the crew. Like, you know, the the nice full beard with a captain's hat and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we just set up for our investigation, but I was going upstairs to interview the the curator and her sister, who had had experiences there, and again, I'm in my own world. I was probably knee deep in Facebook on my phone, walking upstairs, and um, not thinking about ghosts, just thinking about getting up there so I don't get yelled at from the person filming. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I walk by the captain's chambers, and I literally see this guy. I'm five ten, five five ten on a good day, um, and I see this guy probably six four walk out of the captain's area and just look at me and disappear. And in the audio on the camera, because I was almost where the girls were for me to um, interview, you hear me make a loud pitch scream because it caught me off guard. And that was one of the stories of this boat, was seeing the captain upstairs. And being an investigator, you're not always on, especially if you're going to interview and you're going to set up all your equipment Um, they say always turn your audio recorder on when you start your investigations even if you're not investigating well set up and all that and that was the one time I didn't have it with me I'm just wondering if I would have heard something if I had my audio recorder on
0: that almost makes you wonder if it purposely made a sound because it knew that you didn't have a recorder on
1: (laughs) oh no that was me that screamed man that was me I'll own it
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, kind of bouncing back into one thing you mentioned on the the previous story, when you were mentioning the music coming from the saloon, and I definitely like to dig into the full apparitions, but um, as far as the saloon goes, Mm. have you ever had any experiences that you know of where there's like the residual hauntings like we were talking about, but rather than it being from like a negative experience, it's from like a positive experience? Cause it almost seems like the saloon music would have been more of like a happy experience than a negative one, but maybe so many people had a good time there that it became like residual in a different way than we typically look at like a residual haunting.
1: I've never experienced, um, have I experienced happy ghosts or like like audible answers on our stuff? Yeah, of course. Not everything's negative. I think, I, I think negative and angry are different. Um, but I would say I've had more positive experiences than I have negative in the in the ghost hunting experiences. Um, I think saloon music and stuff like that would be a ha- yeah. You're right. It would be a happy happy sound because that's when you're out there having your drinks, being with your boys, your your friends, and and would that be a residual hunting? Maybe.
0: I mean, on the other side of it, too, assumably, because it is an old saloon, there was probably a lot of fights there. There could have been a lot of deaths there. Um, that music could have been uh-huh. playing when those things happened. So that could be the other side of it being more of like a negative thing, up. possibly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, I, I would associate it with happy memories, I, I, I would assume. I think it'd be residual, it'd be playback of the good times, because happy energy also imprints just like negative or sad. There's always going to be that happy medium.
0: I was going to say, you always hear that positive emotions are stronger than negative emotions, too. So, assumably, you know, if that is true, then the positive emotions would have a way of imprinting themselves, too, just the same way that the negative emotions would do. It would just be more so maybe that uh, maybe people don't notice the happy haunted locations because they're not something that's intentionally trying to scare people. It'll just be something subtle, like maybe just like coincidences of like, you know, people are hanging out at a bar or something. And all of a sudden they like look to the right and there's like a full drink and they're like, oh, you know. Cool, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I think like there's another place called the Old Courthouse Inn. It's one of my favorite places to investigate. It's in a town in British Columbia called Powell River, which is on the Sunshine Coast. It's like a beach town. Um, you smell often smell rose perfume, and that's one of the ladies that's said to haunt the place. Or you smell um, cherry tobacco from one of the men that's said to haunt the place. Do I think that's negative? No. I just think that's a dude enjoying the smoke and a, and a woman walking around smelling good. So I wouldn't associate that being negative at all.
0: Not unless their deaths happened there. That's the only way that I could possibly connect it to with something negative. But if they never died there, then it definitely is like a residual, like happy memory, assumably.
1: They did not die there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so perfect. Just furthers my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then that kind of bounces back into what I was mentioning earlier about, like, uh, possibly there being, like, a consciousness to the location rather than it being, like, the people, um, like, you know, being there themselves, you know? Like, maybe that's, like, one of those replay things that the consciousness of that location is able to replay.
1: Absolutely, and that can just be, like, ghosts haunting the inn. Like, they live there, they do their thing there, and... You smell her walk by because she's walking from the restaurant to upstairs or you smell him smoking his cherry tobacco by the entrance to the whole, the inn because you're not allowed to smoke inside sort of thing. So, you never know.
0: Hey, just playing the devil's advocate too, going into what we mentioned earlier too about things being able to hide themselves, um, maybe it is something that's hiding itself behind something happy.
2: Maybe. And Shane, kind of uh, going off of that point, Mike, what are your thoughts on, you know, like what we traditionally think of as ghosts or apparitions or these kind of entities versus like uh, shadow people and these more like uh, malevolent type entities that we hear about? Because uh, to me, it seems like we're kind of talking about two separate things here. Like um, it, it to me, just seems like you know these shadow people and incubus, succubus, things of that nature are something more. Ephemeral than, you know, a physical human that lived in a physical location. So just uh, kind of wondering what your thoughts on that is.
1: My thoughts on that are something I've actually actively started in investigating and researching a little more. Um, I've experienced the old hag twice. I've experienced a shadow man once. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is Uncle Carla and Edna. I think those are something a lot different, different energy. They hit different, if you know what I mean.
2: Exactly. Um, Uh, So my partner, Jenny, uh, she has um, a pretty long history of shadow people type activity. And, you know, uh, people, you know, first off think, oh, this is a ghost, yada, yada, yada. And no, I agree with you 100%. It seems like it's something very different to me. So that's really cool to hear you say that.
1: These these are two stories I don't tell often. I don't know if I've told them on the air, so this is a first. Whoop whoop. Um, <laughs> my my shadow man story. It was in my bedroom here, in my house, <laughs> and I'm alone right now. Anyhow, um,
0: he's gonna pop up, see the arm yeah. come in the background. <laughs> there
1: he is. <laughs> um, Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not here tonight, so we're good. Um, I was I was in bed just. I had a podcast on, actually. And there's a Jim Harrell podcast, to be specific. And um, my, my the, the timer goes off on it. I'm still awake, though, because I always put timers on so I don't ruin all my podcasts and re-listen to them at nighttime when I'm sleeping. But anyhow, the timer goes off, and I'm still awake. And I, I see what I thought. Oh, man, is that my housecoat in the corner? Or is it Jim Harrell scared me, so I'm overthinking things? But then it starts to get closer and closer and closer. And then I, I see the hat. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's just like they talk about. So
2: it's the hat and then.
1: Yeah. And it got closer. And I, I, I swear to God, man, I saw the teeth, like the smile. And then I even get creeped out talking about it because I can. Anyhow, um, Gone
0: was it was it like white teeth like was it like defined features or was it kind of like uh like almost like uh no, like how you'd like envision like a shadow person to be but with their teeth also
1: it just looked it just looked like a, a smile like a, like a grin and um not nothing malevolent it just it looked creepy <laughs> something you're not supposed to see when you're laying in bed um needless to say turn the tv on and put the timer on and that's how i went to bed that night um but I, I've always questioned that stuff and and to experience that is I want to know why that happens, how that happens, and where did it come from. And that's something I'm struggling with because no matter who you talk to, you get a different answer because we all have different experiences and, and all that sort of stuff. But like, can you conjure it? Conjure it up? Can you call them out? Can you communicate with them with your ghost hunting gear? Who knows? I don't know. I, I've... I've never experienced that till then. And then the other story I have is on the old hag. Um, this is probably the most terrifying story I've ever e- encountered. And it's, it's scary cause all my old Victorian photos are all in Victorian ladies dress right here.
0: I collect all staring Victoria at you while you're telling the stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> judging you. <laughs>
1: and they're all always judging there. I'll show you since they're, they're all, all there. Anyhow, Um, I see the old I guess the old hag coming from the same corner of my room and then onto my bed and then she's on on top of me like on my chest and um, all of a sudden I see her nails, they're long and disgusting her teeth are black and green and horrific she's like drooling and um, her hair is wet moldy, like moldy wet. And she just starts shoving her hair in my my mouth and choking me. And um, thankfully, my girlfriend was in the bed with me too, and she could hear me trying to talk, yell, and scream, but something was muffling me, and she couldn't wake me up. And then when I woke up, I was all panicked. I, I, I wrote it down too, like in my, my, my phone notes of, of my experience, because I'm like, That had to have been a dream. God, that had to be. Hopefully, that has to be a a dream. But it was so real, and it looked like all of the recollections you hear people talk about, illustrate, share, it was the same thing.
2: So um, I'm sure me and Shane will get into this story at some point. Uh, Like I mentioned, my partner, Jenny, she's had a lot of these same type of experiences. And um, I actually one time saw... Her shadow person, when I was over at her apartment, um, how the apartment was situated where the bed sat, you could see into the kitchen from the bedroom. And you know, she had talked about these very similar type of experiences, uh, you know, things crawling on her in the middle of the night, could feel the breathing, um, on the back of her neck, like very, uh, not to get too personal or anything, very. Sexual situations. Um, but anyway, so she had been telling me about these experiences. And one night I was uh, spending the night over there. And I don't know what time during the night it was, but um, I just sat, you know, straight upright in bed from, from asleep to just straight upright. Like nothing actually woke me up, but in the corner of the kitchen where I could see from the bed, there was the, you know, traditional shadow person figure, you know, the mm-hmm. black ribbon, black the silhouette, the, the head, the broad shoulders, all of that. And, you know, nothing happened uh, per se, but, you know, that's the scariest I've ever been, just absolutely terrified. Uh, you know, it, almost irrationally so, because like I said, nothing happened. This thing didn't, you know, attack us, crawl on us, anything like that. But it was most definitely there. And, you know, like I said, my partner, Jenny, she had had a lot of these experiences before, so she was kind of more used to it. And she, you know, tried to talk me off the ledge a little bit so uh a little bit later i don't know the time frame because you know this was the middle of the night uh i was you know trying to get back to sleep whatever and on the bedside table her phone just like lights up for no reason like no one touched it no calls no texts nothing just the phone screen just lights up and you know i about shit my pants (laughs) at that point (laughs) so um but, you know, that's the only kind of shadow person experience I've had. But a lot of the things you're talking about, you know, with the hat man and the hag and whatnot sounds really similar to experiences she had.
1: Wow. See, and it's, it, it's funny. Well, not funny, but like before I experienced that stuff, I'm like, ah, it's just a dream. Whatever. It's just a dream. just having a nightmare, man. Just, no, no, you're not. <laughs> Like um, no, that's
2: exactly what she said. This is not sleep paralysis, you know.
1: No, and then and then the worst one I ever had um, happened recently, and it was in a haunted hotel. Shocking. Um, it was a double room. Like we were we were hosting an event actually, and our other investigator is just me in one bed, and then Richie he was in the other. It's like a suite. He was in the other room in the other bed. And he hears me struggling in the middle of the night and wakes up and he comes in and the same thing. I was muffled, trying to scream, trying to wake up, like something was muffling me. And I saw the same old hag, so angry at me, but holding my arms down. And I even had like my arms hurt that day, like the muscle part. Cause I was trying to get up bizarre
0: when it comes to the old hag. I'm almost curious if it's like, um, like the descriptions of them, like how, how detailed are people's descriptions? Where is it the same entity that pops up in multiple locations or is it almost like a, like a race of entities that people are seeing and it seems like they might relate to witches possibly. So my kind of question with shadow people too, that I kind of wonder is like when a witch passes away they assumably would be like an angry spirit so do they have the ability to become these like old hags where maybe those are like kind of like the ghosts of witches so to speak
1: <laughs> yeah. you never know with that cuz she looked like i don't even like thinking about her watch is going to come tonight and i'll have to have to come back on the show tomorrow to tell y'all about it um she looks like you've seen the movie the conjuring mm-hmm. she looked like bathsheba in the basement <laughs> that's what she looked like when when that thing's running at you. Oh, yep,
0: that's what she looked like. So even with the uh, the mold and the hair, like I don't know, it, it seems like it has more of like um, I don't know, like it, like it seems like it's they they hold people down, so it is somewhat physical. But it the reason why I question if it's like witch related is because it seems like they have more of a grasp of how to be in the paranormal and like the physical at the same time.
1: Yeah it's that that's something to definitely worth exploring. Cause I, I, like I said earlier, I don't know what it is. I'd like to be able to have that exp- those experiences in a controlled environment where you can record it. Video audio have certain types of proximity sensors, um, temperature, everything, every type of sensor you could have around to see what is happening. What's fluctuating is the temperature the atmospheric pressure the other vibrations is their EMF. There's so many things you'd want to find out of, of that, or is it a really bad nightmare?
0: But see the other question would be what exactly would, uh, like theoretically call them, you know, like maybe if you dig earlier into people's experiences before the exact like old hag experience, maybe there's something that happened like that night before that there that's similar through everybody's story that almost like calls these experiences to happen
1: yeah maybe maybe I investigated a, a house and there' was a spirit there. It's like, I'm going to get you, you know <laughs> h- h- meaning scaring me, not like possessing me or anything like that. um who knows because that's actually now I'm racking my brain. What was I doing the night before that happened I, I don't know because that dream was a while ago, but the the most recent one we were on an act of investigation when I was held down by my arms, so who knows?
0: say and if there is the whole like energy vampire concept too um i don't know maybe just just to kind of like throwing another theory out there because it seems like more often than not like shadow people and the old hag thing seem like they may have some type of like attachment or like relation to them so assumably a lot of people like to believe that shadow people try to like kind of like harvest like your negative energy or like however you want to word it so if they're they could theoretically exist around us all the time, and their way of like manifesting is almost like uh, showing themselves as shadow people. Maybe they can like almost put their energy into like overdrive, where they come out with the image of like this old hag, and in you know, assumably it scares you more than a shadow person. So maybe it's a way of like kind of sucking up a bunch of quick energy as fast as possible. Because you know, you hear about the Hat Man, the different ones. So they, I mean, they it could all just be like a silhouette of like what they actually are. Or maybe if there's something that doesn't necessarily have like a physical vessel or means to it, they can almost like contort the shape of what they look like.
1: What scared me the most with like, I guess it would be a hat man, not shadow man experience was I was focused on it and I was just watching it cause I, I was trying to debunk it. And I'm like, has to be my house coat. Cause like I, I have um, my house coat and a gun safe back there and a couple, a couple other things. And I'm like, no. Oh, God, why is it coming closer? And then my brain starts to pick up that. I'm like, okay. And then I see the silhouette. And it comes closer. I'm like, not my housecoat. (laughs) (laughs) But what what was the intent of this? Was it just to scare me and wake me up? Was my brain playing tricks on me? Again, that's where I'd want to run all these tests and try and trigger that in a controlled environment to get more information on the
0: on that the other kind of thing that i wonder too is if you kind of bouncing into what you said if it's intended to wake you up um maybe you know again playing devil's advocate looking at it from a different light maybe there's intention there's an intention of why they're waking you up maybe you know there's something that's about to go on outside or you know maybe you'll hear things where people will get like a random phone call from somebody like right after they have one of these experiences maybe it's it could be one something else outside of you that's trying to wake you up so that something you know you can see what's supposed to be happening or two, maybe there's something subconscious in you that knows that you need to wake up. So your subconscious brain scares yourself awake.
1: Yeah, that, that could be it. But, uh, so, again, bouncing back I wanna, in, I want to investigate this, so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bouncing back into the other side. Cause I know that you're, uh, starting to get a little bit time pressed. and I definitely wanted to touch base on it a little bit. Uh, you made reference to the fact that you collect, uh, haunted items um i would like to hear about uh some of your most interesting haunted items that you've collected
1: what do we got are either of you sensitive to anything
0: empath
2: not that i know of
1: <laughs> what do you get we're, we're going to play show and tell i know that you, this only goes on audio and it's not a youtube thing but we'll we'll use our words and describe what we see okay um this photo was given to me because it was stated that it is haunted but ood's a certain It's Victorian. It it was a certain feeling.
0: I'll let you go first, So I'm
2: not seeing it super uh, clearly. It looks like there might be like something floating on top of the individual's head in the picture.
0: I see like a little, like one of those little ruffles around her neck. And then it almost looks like a, like something on the top of her head, like one of those, like a little hat or like one of those Mm -hmm. little things they'd pin in their hair. And then I can't so really make scary. out her face too, too much to really get, um, like an impression of like what kind of, what kind of like emotion she might have in that picture. But it looks like, looks- like early, oh, early 1900s, late 1800s, I assume.
1: Yeah. This is a late 1800s photo. Um, it's said to give off flirty sexual energy. Have I experienced that? No, I have not. I just see the photo. Sometimes you'll stare at it a little longer, but it doesn't exude any of that sort of stuff to me um, so we have that then we have uh,
0: maybe uh, whatever there is that's attached to that photo um, you know has her choice of who she likes so maybe it's certain people will get that impression because that's what it itself is trying to give off to those specific people
1: maybe I'm too short who knows right?
0: <laughs> go um, give it to a six foot two guy and be like, well how does this make yeah. you feel
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, this one I was told not to buy but I bought it tell me not to do something I do it um,
0: <laughs> I do the same thing
2: <laughs> uh, a little skull uh, looks like it's made out of some sort of stone or uh, yep. mineral something of that nature
0: and it looks like the eyes are hollowed out possibly or is it painted in the eyes
1: it is an actual not a replica um Aztec death whistle. It's all, obviously not from the Aztec era. But it is um it's made out of potter like clay. Um it's an Aztec death whistle and it's said to have energy on it. Um creepy energy was the term used. I don't feel anything. Um my girlfriend does, she won't even look at it. <clears throat> I can I can chase her around and she'll avoid it. <laughs> like she Nothing to do with it. Not because it looks like a creepy skull. Um, she picks up on energies, and she hates it with a passion.
0: Have, have you ever blown into it? Yeah, that's what I, literally I what I was about to ask.
1: No, <laughs> have you blown into it? <laughs> no, and we're not doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For anybody that isn't familiar with the death whistles, um, what's the what's the exact sound? How what's the, what's the deci- sound described as? It's supposed to be like a.
1: It is disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's supposed uh, to be like a bunch of like sound like a bunch of people dying all at once or something, right?
1: Yeah, it was used in battle to scare people. Yeah, that's, allegedly.
0: That's a horrifying concept just to begin with because the first time I heard yeah. that thing, I didn't know what it was. And it was a few years ago and it was just it's one of those sounds that doesn't sound like it should come from a whistle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we got this. It's Victorian mirror. The mirrors are always so, creepy just because of the so aspect the beauty of and the beast. Yeah. I'll say the, the two way concept of them to begin with.
1: <laughs> yeah. Silver. Like it's, it's
0: well-made proper in the 1800s.
1: Um, so with these items, what I like to do with haunted artifacts is um, rotate them out to different teams around where I live. There's three or four teams that I trust and work with and share Evidence, locations, like, it's cool to go to different, uh, example, it's cool to go, we'll use Shane's house, an example, Shane's house have four different teams go investigate it, and then meet up and collaborate evidence. You know how cool that is to do? Because then it's furthering our research.
0: I was going to say, I feel like that's the only way you can really get somewhere. Cause otherwise it's like, you know, there's always standalone experiences, but as soon as you start having the same experiences connected through multiple things, it brings some like tangibility to it.
1: Yeah. And, and do you know how cool it is? If like Oren got an EVP of a, of a voice and I got that EVP and it's the same voice like that's, that's anyhow, what I'm getting at is, um, I rotate these these objects around to different teams, and they investigate it, analyze it, write it down, record it, and send me all the clips. And I've been logging a lot of stuff. I have some dolls out in rotation right now. That's do, that's doing some research. A couple different sets of dolls, and um, that's what I do with all these. Like this photo is going to be sent out to to teams. The mirror is going to be sent out to teams because. I'd like to know if they're haunted. People send me this stuff from all over North America and the world, and they claim it to be haunted. So why not try and quote unquote certify something is haunted to get that consistency?
0: Just uh, from all the things that you've collected, what do you feel is the most, um, I guess, the, the most haunted item that you've personally you know, had contact with and experienced possibly?
1: Well, they're not in my house right now. They're at somebody else's house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like probably a good um, thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was these two dolls. They're from Iowa. And my um, lady contacted on Instagram and sent them. Just sent them UPS expedited here. And um, the odd thing is is I didn't open the box for about three months. Something was just like, no, don't touch it. And then I went on vacation. I went camping for a week. And I got home. And this box was in the middle of my living room floor. No one, no one came in my house. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> and um, even my daughter was like, uh, wasn't that
0: box put away? I'm like, yep. It was under my desk. Whew. And um, I, I was about to ask if you had any pets that knocked off of a table. But if it was under your desk, that makes it even weirder.
1: <laughs> under the desk. And um, I opened it at a psychic fair. Like I did a little unboxing and there's mixed reviews on the dolls. Everyone hit on the doll that was supposed to be haunted. Um, And I got some really good EVPs from other teams that have been investigating these dolls. I would say that those are the most haunted objects, but also there's a, there's a Ouija board here, not taking it out, but it's from 1953, 54 around there. That is said to be extremely haunted. I haven't played with it. I haven't used it. I just kind of keep it back there.
0: (laughs) Ironic that it has a super colorful box too. So it's very inviting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just come play with the spirits. It's okay, everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So those would be the ones that I have. Um, I have another doll here. I got lots of stuff. But I have the most haunted, I'd say those two dolls that are out in circulation right now.
0: Is it, um, like, were both of the dolls, like, tied to each other, or were they, like, two separate dolls from two separate, um, like, possible backgrounds? They
1: came from different walks of life. One came from an antique store, and the other came from this person's mom or grandma made it.
0: (laughs) So that makes you wonder, too, if it's almost like if, uh, these objects are conscious, if, uh, those two almost, like, bonded to each other, too. Like, I I don't know if that's a thing, but maybe like some of these paranormal objects, if they're around each other, they end up becoming, they they form some type of like relationship with each other, you know, never know. Absolutely.
2: Or could amplify the energy that one of them gives off. Perhaps. Yeah.
0: That's something you have to test. You'll have to separate them and see if it dampens the energy or if it makes the energy stronger because they're mad because you separated them.
1: That is phase two. We will be doing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess starting to wrap up here since uh, you know you said you're a little bit time-pressed and we'll definitely come back around because you're somebody that I feel like I could have on the show multiple times and always get into yeah. some new interesting conversation. But uh, for anybody that's enjoyed the conversation, uh, where can they come and find your work at? We are Instagram, the Paranormal
1: Road Trippers, um, YouTube, the Paranormal Road Trippers, and, and Facebook, the Paranormal Road Trippers, TikTok, the Paranormal Road Trippers, and... For a fourth time to say it in a row with the paranormal Road trippers.com
0: Hey, you got to say it three times to get people to remember. So you said it four.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're very active and interactive on Instagram. We post almost daily. Um, we love talking to people. We love learning new concepts, new ways to investigate, new outlooks, new theories. Um, this paranormal gig is always a, a learning thing. We, we never know everything. We never know too much because it's always progressing.
0: Well, I absolutely appreciate you making the time to come on the show today. It's been great, and it's always a great conversation. And now with uh, Orn involved, got some even more interesting conversations. So thank you to both of you guys. Thank
2: absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right, guys, if you want to share any of your weird or bizarre encounters with us, uh, please feel free. You can contact us through email at, bizarreencounters at Uh You can be a guest on the show if you'd like. You can send us an audio recording or a text that we can read on the show. Uh, so yeah, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys.
0: And, uh, if you guys want to too, of course, you can hit us up through Instagram. Also a very easy way of doing it. Cause I know some people are weird about email, but, uh, that being said, if anybody is a researcher Or anything else, of course, and wants to be a guest on the show, also feel free to hit us up. Uh, If anybody would like to sponsor the show in any way, shape, or form, if there's a topic that you guys really, really want to hear us deep dive or get into, or a guest that you guys really want to see on the show, also let us know and we'll do what we can to collaborate and make that happen. And uh, just in general, if you feel that there's anything that you can contribute to the show, um, be it art, be it whatever, uh, we appreciate all you guys and all that you guys do. So feel free to hit us up and we would love to hear from you. So um, you already got the email from Oren, which is uh, at Outlook.com. And uh, the other option you can do is we do have a submission form on the link tree, which will go directly to our email. So that's a little bit easier of a way to email us. So if you wanted to go and go about that method or check out again, any of the other links that I've mentioned throughout the show, um, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll catch you on the next one. Stay bizarre, everybody.